is another Manly Monday. And this Manly Monday, I'm picking up about the uh, the stuff I talked about on Feedback Friday, where I, I, I broke down sort of the anatomy of, of a comment. And it got me thinking, as well as a bunch of stuff on social media. Um, I do an experiment on social media where I mirror someone's approach to see how they take it. And I tend to find that people who start conversations critically are terrible at accepting criticism. And there's a but you'll see a bunch of headlines out there that women are better at accepting criticism than men and stuff like that. And I want to address that just because in a bit, because the details are actually more granular than that. And I think when you look at the complete data, um, it paints a better picture than just women are better at accepting criticism than men. Because it's it's not true. Um, the outward reactions may be better, but taking criticism too hard is not better than rejecting criticism. And I think a lot of the time when someone outwardly rejects criticism, it's uh, it's not actually a rejection. It's a projection based on feeling absolutely horrible inside. Um, so let me do the help support this channel stuff out of the way and we'll dig in. Okay. Help support this channel. Become a monthly patron. Patreon.com slash Leanna K. Or buy a one-time Leanna Care session for someone who can use it but can't afford it. Coffee.com slash Leanna K. If you do want to sign up monthly to um, support a particular person either once a month or, or every two weeks, that option is now on Ko-Fi. Ko-Fi. Um, that um, was a suggestion from someone who wanted the option. So I, I greatly appreciated that. And, and this, this video now is sort of a follow-up to last week on communication styles, because obviously communication styles and the ability to hear feedback is, um, is, is tied. And I, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on me. So people don't feel like I'm, you know, looking down my nose at people. I'm not. I am what's called a highly sensitive person. I rank very, very high on that. And highly sensitive people, including people with uh, ADHD, some forms of autism, a lot of neurodivergencies can really struggle with criticism. Um, there are various theories as to why. Uh, this does not mean that there's something wrong with you if this fits the description. And it's important to remember that things like criticism are read in the brain in the same places at the same intensity as physical pain. It hurts. And we know that some people are better at tolerating and processing certain types of pain than others. Us gingers, for instance, tend to have ridiculously high, like, cut-yourself pain tolerance and possibly reduced pain tolerance regarding burns. Two different types of physical pain. The pain sensors are different. 
than the general population. Ah, the joys of being a ginger, the ongoing experience of being a medical experiment. And, uh, you know, um, highly sensitive people are a neurodivergency, um, which is why I get a little bit pissed off when um, people accuse me of being neurotypical and therefore not getting it. Um, I have all the sensory overstimulation issues that uh, people with ADHD and autism has. I didn't know that hearing electricity was not normal. Um, that's fun. Uh, I also have something called synesthesia, which means I hear colors. Shapes are associated with colors. Numbers have colored auras and sounds associated with them. The pathways of my brain are not wired normally. Um... People are like, that explains a lot, Leanna. But I'm saying this all, I'm talking about all this now because I don't want people to feel criticized when I discuss criticism. Because there's two things going on here, right? Individual tolerances and processing abilities. Um, stuff we call distress tolerance and mindfulness, right? But then there's also the social programming and the social programming is real. And I really do think that some people on, uh, you know, turf feminists, um, certain manosphere types, they reject the social programming element and go for a biological one because they have trouble with criticism. And no one likes criticism and if people claim they do they're lying understanding that it's useful and necessary is not the same as liking it right and all feedback is not criticism it is possible to get feedback about things you have to fix without it feeling like criticism criticism hurts period end of story right nobody likes it no nobody likes it I can feel y'all commenting, I actually enjoy criticism. No, you enjoy feedback. An editing process, say going from first draft to second draft of a book or a screenplay. That's front of mind because I'm doing it with a client right now. Um, but it can be a very positive, affirming process, right? This is really great. We can make it even better is not criticism, right? And people who are good at giving feedback, a big part of artist management is giving those notes in a way that is as uncritical as possible, All right? I, I have a client, he paid an editor to edit his novel uh, the first draft of his novel. And he also had me look at it. And the editor and I identified the same points. But the editor was like, this is all bad. Do it again. Whereas I was like, your midpoint is fantastic. It's really good. And it's so good that your ending has to come up 
to meet that midpoint. See the difference? We had the we had the exact same we had the exact same suggestions on what had to change. But I went, this is good, this is how to make it better. Or as the editor was like, this is shit. What's wrong with you? And when this happens, I watch clients say, no, it's okay. It's good. I know this. And then they get blocked up and can't touch the fucking thing for months. And I sit there going, ah, because I honestly think, I know from my experience, when I allow myself to go, ow, I can process the ow. When I'm in denial that something is ow, it keeps going ow, 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 ow. And this is brain science. Repressing feelings does not mean the feelings go away. It just means you have to deal with it later. And dissociation can be useful in the short term, but at some point you have to feel your feelings. Men get whacked with a double whammy here. Certain, and I am not saying biology is destiny, there are ways, right? Certain biological processes like crying, for instance, actually flush stress hormones and produce oxytocin. Men cry less than women as a rule. Man, guys watching, if you're a crier, amazing because you're actually flushing out bad chemicals from your body, right? You look like a hot mess, but, you know, but obviously society treats a crying man and a crying woman very, very differently, right? And, and then there are some, there are some biological processes where some people legit are not criers. And so, um, I have one client, great guy, but you know, it's like, go out and exercise. I said, get, get a, like a, a, like a boxing bag, you know, the, uh, something that you can hit cause you know, had to process the emotions, not a crier. Um, there, there's apparently a, what's it called? Fitness boxing two for the switch. Um, that's apparently pretty great. A client recommended that. Uh, but a lot of what I do in um, uh, the one-on-one sessions is just getting the shit out, processing it. Um, you know, and I get some people coming to me who are concerned about their attitudes towards women. And I'm like, okay, first thing I have to do is assess you for trauma. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, trust me. Because if it's legitimately just some bad attitudes that need a readjustment, screening for trauma is not going to hurt that. But if somebody's having a stress response because someone did something bad to them, and that's informing their views on women or the world or whatever, that has to be identified and dealt with or else the process of self-examination is going to be so 
painful and the brain is already hypervigilant and overstressed. And this, this is where this stuff becomes completely counterintuitive. Mary just says to me, singing is completely counterintuitive. Um, this kind of stuff is completely counterintuitive as well until you think about the processes behind it. And then it starts to make sense, right? The problem is the messages that everyone receives when we're coming up are terrible. But the messages that men receive are bad in a unique way or the messages that men receive more than women because I received these messages growing up. Um, they're things like, don't cry, be a man. Showing emotions is a sign of weakness. Don't complain, grow up, pull yourself up, You know, suck it up, get up, you're not really hurt. Not the be a man thing, but kind of be a man. The one I got is you have to learn to control your emotions. And I spent decades trying to learn to control my emotions. And the harder I tried, the less emotional control I had until I actually started studying how emotions work. You can't control emotions. You can either block them out, which is not healthy, uh, or you can process them, which is. Now, why is blocking out emotions unhealthy? We all do it in the short term, right? We're all like, just don't think about it or distract ourselves. We, we all, some people just associate. In the short term, it's a survival trait. But... Not feeling your feelings. You're missing data. You are walking around the equivalent of blind and deaf. And you're going to be sick. You're going to be depressed. You're going to have a ton of anxiety. Because you are not using the data that your body is giving you. Emotions matter. And this is why when we talk about validating feelings, even if we don't agree with someone's opinions, this is what it means. If someone is hurt and scared, that's valid. We can deal with that and talk about that. But the hurt and the fear doesn't make everything that comes out of their mouth true. And what happens when you deny your emotions, you start deflecting and projecting and so you end up speaking in a lot of unprovable accusations and you get a bad reaction and in a lot of workplaces or professional groups especially ones with a lot of aggression or damn I'm gonna talk about my time as a game journalist right now because there was so much false aggression and false bravado and I have authentic aggression. Um, I grew up tough, right? It, I come by it. It's a learned skill. But one of the things that we were taught because they were trying to keep us out of jail or teen pregnant or addiction is about expressing and feeling our feelings. 
And so I go into one of these repression pressure cookers. It is like, that's not right. You know, that's not fair. Oh, you're so aggressive. What's wrong? What's aggressive about saying something's not fair? Well, you're not calm. Well, neither are you, man. Like, you just did something totally unfair. I am totally calm. When you have to say you're totally calm, you're not. And a big problem with the coverage of games is so many of these services are staffed by people who are totally out of touch. And because they're so out of touch with their feelings, they are so full of shit. And the reason that the bile comes out and they are walking piles of misery in the content they create is because they are wounded by all the, the slings and arrows thrown at them. They can't admit it. And so it all barfs out when they go to write. And they don't see how unfairly critical they're being of stuff. And then the people who read the content react badly because they feel attacked. By the way, saying you feel attacked and saying you feel someone's attacking you, totally different. You can feel attacked and it's completely unintentional. And, and that feeling of, of being attacked is real. A person can feel like somebody's coming at them way too strong. Doesn't mean they mean to. Doesn't mean they actually are. The feeling's valid. But because these games journalists don't know how to validate their own feelings, they don't know how to listen to the emotional communications from other people. And then instead of, all right, let's try to figure out the pop here, like I do, it's, you're all a bunch of misogynists. And the cycle continues. Um, and that's when I start singing, I was bad for this. When things got really stupid, when I was a games journalist, I started humming that song, you know, and so we go, go round again. And now and then we wonder who the real men are. I'd, I'd start humming that as a cope because, you know, when we get into the, the treatment of women in games, every time something happened to me or another woman I worked with, I watched all the guys involved, the, the, the escapist, I mean, okay, I interviewed my old boss on Friday, so I should make it clear. Alex isn't like this. Uh, Alex, he runs D and D groups. He ran D and D groups for work, right? Dude is in touch. Um, and so he wasn't like this. And so people were allowed to get frustrated and go blah and all that stuff. And then I went to like, it was so different from everywhere else I ever worked where that was just shut right down. There's a reason I keep coming and back, bringing him back whenever he promotes something. Um, but it was whenever a woman got, ended up, you know, in, in the, the villain of the week on social media sort of thing, I watched all the guys freak out and make it about them. And they had to grandstand and they had to make a statement, which of course only made it worse instead of doing the right thing, which is looking at the woman or anyone who's getting nailed with this stuff and gone, how do you want this to be handled? What's going to help you? That's how you have someone's back. Instead, it was a combination of grandstanding on social media and 
doing a whole bunch of side door criticisms, like telling you what to do or all these, you know, well, maybe you came on too strong, but it's still not right. Well, maybe you were a little too aggressive, but it's still not right. Like all the dig, 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 dig. And you're sitting there going, you fucking assholes, right? You, you wonder why I have the opinions I do. Years and years and years of this happened in music programming too. But in music programming, people were just outright psychopaths. It wasn't this, oh no, I'm an ally. And then they pull this shit somewhere. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say all, but somewhere, but people, people were more in your face about stabbing you in the back, if that makes any sense. Um, but what does this have to do with criticism? People who cannot admit criticism hurts end up externalizing the criticism. They also, because they end up with profoundly negative self-talk. People who think they like criticism because it makes them better beat themselves up. And beating yourself up is not good. I've got a great guest coming up in, in the weeks on It's Not Therapy to talk about the science of it. She's a PhD. She was great. But we're doing a workshop at the end of April. Link in the description box um, about not beating yourself up. Because beating yourself up actually makes it harder to handle criticism, not, not easier. You know, somebody can take a cheap shot at me and you see me, I'm like, <laughs> right? Um, because I'm, in, I'm, I'm engaging my higher cognitive executive functions, not the lizard brain. And I didn't used to be like that. I talk all the time about you guys teaching me that somebody in my position here has to show they can take a few punches, right? And so when I see a reasoned argument, when I see a reason to change something, um, I do. But I don't change everything just because someone complained. And that's a healthy response to criticism. Um, and the thing that was funny about that guy that went off on me last week is that was actually something... That I said, because that was an episode of Two Women Talking where Song was sick. And when I was editing it, I'm like, oh, man, I am talking a lot to fill in gaps here because she's not feeling well. And I was was cringing, listen to it, knowing. And so I was acknowledging his point and he still took it as a hit. Instead of going, okay, you correctly identified something, but it was a fundamental attribution error. It was the circumstances, not an intent, not something innate. That's an indication that that person has trouble handling anything. Because he missed the parts where I was acknowledging the observation, just not the assigned motivations. And... I've been talking a lot about the issues, right? What's the data? And there isn't much, but what I've got, this is a study from um, 2014. And it was covered quite badly. One of the reason I got into It's Not Therapy is the bad science reporting in psychology. But 
overall, the ability to take criticism, uh, being open to learning and improvement, taking direction, being more coachable, there's not a ton of difference. Now, this is how I interpret data. There's not a ton of difference between men and women as a rule. It, it, it's, you know, three to five points on a 100-point scale, right? Now, for whatever reason, journalists love to, women are more overall coachable than men. It was a score of 75 versus a score of 71. That's not significant. Women are better, better at handling criticism, 74 points to 69 points. That's, uh, that. it's the same general area, right? More open to learning and improvement. 85 points versus 81 points, same ballpark, you know? Women are more likely to take, more willing to take direction. 70 points versus 67 points. These are not significant differences. Three points on a 100 point scale is not really statistically significant. When you get into the more granular data though, we see some divergences. And this is what, interests me that you know two percent of women and seven percent of men believe that they don't have any weaknesses so that that that's nothing right i mean okay more men than women think they have no weaknesses but those are very small numbers right three percent of women versus ten percent of men think that performance evaluations are a waste of time because they're already good at what they do more of a gap there, but still real minority, right? Real minority. 90% of men don't agree. We can't label men with that brush, right? 5% of women versus 11% of men will immediately shut down and stop listening as soon as they hear a negative comment. Okay, again, 6% difference, but still the minority right? Tiny minority, one in 10, right? One in 10 men. Now we start seeing more meaningful differences. We get into 7% of women versus 16% of men. Admit that they exaggerate or overestimate their professional skills. Admit, admit is the important word there. Now we know that women are less good at, at, at self-promotion than men are there's some social training there. Um, but, you know, we're starting to widen now. Nine, this is important. 9% of women versus 22% of men. We're getting up to almost a quarter now. Now I start perking my ears up. Believe they are much more knowledgeable than most people. Hmm. Okay, we're starting to see. 10% of women versus 25% of men, a full quarter. This perked my ears up. Believe that there's no point in pursuing a goal if you need other people's help to achieve it. A full quarter of men think there's no point in doing something if you need help. A full quarter. That's really at a spidey sense goes, right? 19% of women versus 27% of men. 
don't like admitting to others when they're having difficulty understanding something or are unfamiliar with a topic of conversation. The reason I'm, I'm doing these um, is because when you start getting one in four, that's something like that's a quarter of people. That's different than one in 10, right? This is a significant enough minority that we have to start paying attention. And then this is this is boggling to me that this isn't higher in both genders, but 85% of women and 79% of men are open to advice and suggestions from their manager. Now, I hope that, um, uh, I hope that that's because they have a garbage manager, right? The, the people who aren't open. But uh, if asked to lift their fault, list their faults, 10% of women and 15% of men would have a hard time coming up with any. What these numbers indicate to me is a divergence between men recognizing they have things to work on and acknowledging it to other people, right? And that's where the social programming thing comes in. And that's why I think the different responses to criticism come in. Um, and then we have the performance reviews and we get wild divergence. So this is not just the acknowledgement this is not just taking it. This is the reaction, right? 5% of women versus 12% of men threaten to quit after a performance review. 5% of women and 10% of men actually quit after a performance review. So every woman who threatened to quit actually quit. 13% uh, of women versus 30% of men told the critic that they were wrong or misinformed. 30% of men, almost a third of men. No, you're just wrong. <laughs> oh man, again, what's going on inside is not the same as what's going on outside, right? 25% of women and 34% of men agreed to improve, implement changes, but never followed through. That's... um. That one can be a real problem. More on that in a bit. 27% of women versus 41% of men openly disagreed with the feedback they received. Now, frankly, I think during a performance review, there should be a place to disagree. If somebody's got you wrong, you should be able to defend yourself based on the facts, right? So I actually think that 41 open disagreement, you can disagree but still go, all right, I don't agree, but I'm going to try to make this change, right? But saying, agreeing to improve and then not following through is a real problem. It's it's very damaging to relationships and, and job prospects because it's one thing to go, I don't get this. It's another thing to say, yeah, I'll do it. And then you don't. It makes you seem less honest, right? And and that is something people do. I I talk to a I know a lot of guys who 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 leap to agree to things, and then they don't do it, and then they complain they were set up to fail. I was like, well, then why did you agree to it? Well, because I had to. No, no, you didn't. We could have had a discussion. We could have negotiated, but it's just make the problem go away. And at the core of that behavior is an intense sensitivity to criticism that is not 
felt and acknowledged because very little is being felt and acknowledged. And that's because of that early life messaging, right? Sign of weakness. Don't cry. Don't complain. Pull yourself up. You're not really hurt, right? All that invalidating language that I definitely got that you're not really hurt a lot. Uh, It was so bad that I had a ruptured appendix for two weeks and people didn't believe me. True story. Uh, That's how I ended up with gangrene. Um, I was just faking it. I was overdoing it, you know. That's fundamental, right? Where did that leave me? Less likely to ask for help. Asking for help for me is still really hard. Every time I do the help support this channel thing, I get a little nauseous still. And I do it, you know, multiple times a week. Working on myself. Um, So I get it. Um, It is better to set yourself up to react better. To go, all right, criticism isn't fun, but sometimes we have to hear it. Instead of it doesn't bother me. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. I remember... It was when I talked to, uh, I think it was Todd Pappy. It was somebody at God of War. But, you know, I asked them about some of the the digs that they got. Um, and I think he said this in public interviews too. But um, they said, no, you should be hurt. You should be upset when someone criticizes what you do because that shows you care about it you tried to make something good people didn't think it was good that should hurt I'm like yeah you know we also joked about historically accurate nudity and violence but you know I was on side of it I'm a big God of War fan right um but I think that's a cope as well because the game series was being called sexist and misogynist and toxic masculinity and it was a game about trauma and you know Kratos is the same guy now just older and wiser and I'm like mm-hmm, I saw you all those people late to the party um and I do think we need to talk about you know the core personality And some people just being better at it than worse than others. But also the social programming and the confines within which people navigate the world. And both matter. And the fact that the internal acknowledgments between men and women are in the same ballpark. Right? I read out the statistics. They're in the same ballpark. The outward reactions are notably different. The courses of action people choose are notably different. That's compelling. Women aren't standing up for themselves enough. Men are rejecting things too much. That's not a one is better than the other. That's a one suffering in silence, one suffering loudly. Right. 
it's not a better or worse. And I, I hate these battles of the sexes because you see the reporting of men are better at this, women are better than that. And every time I drill down on this data, I pretty much make the same discovery. It's just the response that's different. The internal stuff is far less different. The social programming is and people start looking for all these biological reasons but if it were biological reasons right the internal awareness would be different in this case it's not it's the expectation and people's attempt to meet the expectations and it it is a process of self-actualization to break free of these gendered expectations it can be done but it's a lot of effort it's hard i'm not going to tell you it's easy but it is worthwhile because when you break free of them you don't have to be on guard the same way you know uh you can be a cool dude like tom holland and not a lot of the games journalists i worked with um and I wish I had more time to get into this, but we'll get into it during the uh, Beating beating Yourself Up workshop uh, at the end of April. Please join us. First 50 tickets are two for one. Some people have bought tickets, but not the two for one tickets because they don't, they don't have anybody that they know they can go with right now. And I'm like, just buy the two for one. Maybe you'll find somebody. But they're like, no, no, it's okay. Nice people, nice people. Greatly appreciate it. Help support this channel, become a monthly patron, patreon.com slash Leanna K, or buy a one-time Leanna Care session for someone who can use it but can't afford it, ko-fi.com slash Leanna K. Thanks for watching Manly Mondays.